Welcome to Crab Takes and Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly for a special Christmas version of Crab Takes and Football. Holly, how you doing? Pretty well, sir. I think we all got a uh, nice early Christmas present by our favorite football team with a 22 to 10 win over the Chargers. What a fantastic early present that was. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, one of the best games the Ravens, I mean, I think that they've played all year, um, you know, pretty much had the whole world picking against them, except for us. You know, we we picked this one right. Um, You know, I I think it went down a little bit differently than we thought. I didn't anticipate the defense limiting the Chargers to just 10 points, but we'll get into that a little bit later in the show where we'll continue to talk about our offense and we'll get to that defense and our special teams. We'll hand out a game ball, discuss our pop of the week, and look forward to week 17 as the Cleveland Browns come home and we will put somebody on notice with some bulletin board material. So, I mean, let's just jump right into it. The offense for the Ravens at the Chargers, probably the best defense that the Ravens have faced since Lamar took over at uh, quarterback. And guess what? His first game over 200 yards passing. What what, what are some of the things that you saw him do on Saturday uh, that impressed? You know, I, I have to, I mean, let's face it, the, the first half was pretty, was pretty slow. So we'll just, we'll just move on to the, to the second half. I think to me, the biggest moment for me, and, and we've mentioned it, I think, a couple times. That we might have mentioned it last week. But as much as Lamar Jackson gets some guff about his throwing because he's so awesome running the ball, it, it's and, and maybe the stats won't back this up, but I still contend when he has had to make the throw, typically he has been able to do the job. And look at the beginning of the second half. Chargers get the touchdown, they get the lead, and then what do the Ravens do? They go right back in two plays deep to Mark Andrews for the score to take the lead back. That, to me, turned the game. I think all the momentum at that point here, the Chargers are coming back. They're ready to roll. They've made a point of, you know, especially the last few games against the Chiefs, they came back against the Steelers. You, you know, they were like, okay, here we go. We're at home. We're ready to roll. And the Ravens just said, put the brakes on that momentum real quick. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I think the offense kind of, you know, obviously struggled a great deal in the first half. You know, they were put in a position to score maybe 14, 17, even 20, 21 points yeah. in that first half and couldn't really finish the job at any point. So, you know they did have their struggles in the first half but like you mentioned i mean they they the chargers had that go ahead score after the turnover which is unfortunate you know a couple more fumbling issues in this game uh which is becoming as you mentioned last week or maybe 2 weeks ago pretty concerning at this point absolutely but the response i mean the chargers at home they take the lead back after playing probably their worst half of football of the season and uh, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson say, no, 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 don't get it twisted. This is our game tonight. And that throw to Mark Andrews was right on the money. He had a very strong stiff arm, you know, pushed that 
pushed that defender down and I kind of just motored on into the end zone. I know, you know, I'm I'm kind of biased towards the Mandrews, but I, I mean, I completely agree with you. That was the play of the day on offense on either side of the ball or yeah. on, on either team. You know, I mean, so clutch and, you know, making that throw was so important for the offense in general and for the team in general, just to let the defense know, hey, we got your back to that first half is behind us. So, I mean, I thought that was absolutely amazing. Great play uh, on that play action and a great response to a tough first half and a tough start to the second half. No doubt. I mean, let's just go back over real quick the the tough first half they had so first drive or or first first offensive drive i should say of the game you know great 46 yards down the field in two minutes but then they had to settle for the field goal then they had eight plays 37 yards miss field goal then they have 13 plays 81 yards lose it on downs then they finally get another field goal their next possession and then they miss a field goal at the end of the half now they're leading six to three, but as you said before, they easily could have been up sixteen to three. You know, I mean, at least they could have gotten another ten points in there somewhere, you know, along the line. And then to start that second quarter, or I'm sorry, second half with a fumble, you know, I mean, it was looking dark, especially after the Chargers scored that touchdown. You could see all the momentum going LA's way and Man, it just it changed everything. I mean, it, the Ravens got the ball back, then they were able to force the punt, then they kicked another field goal, and then boom, it was, you know, the Ravens the Ravens way, you know, the rest of the game. Ball control and defense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, one concern that we mentioned early on was the fumbles. The other one is kind of Michael Crabtree. I mean, kind of a disappointing performance. He had an opportunity to make some plays in the red zone, and that's kind of what he was brought in to do. I mean, be that guy in the red zone, that savvy veteran route runner. And he had some opportunities early on and just couldn't get it done. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what the Ravens do with the with the wide receiver position in the offseason. I mean, I think you got to wonder if there's going to be, yet again, wholesale changes in what happens. I mean, we've already talked about in previous weeks, John Brown is a free agent again after the season. Now, we, of course, had early predictions of a monster contract. I don't know that we'll see that at this point for John Brown, but he is certainly a reliable deep threat. You know, one thing that the Ravens are missing, though, like you said, is that Michael Crabtree-esque guy, or what we thought Michael Crabtree was going to be, that Anquan Bolden-esque is probably a better way of saying it, receiver that is just going to eat up space and grab, grab everything that comes his way. And we have not seen that from Crabtree this season. We've probably seen that more from a Willie Sneed, who didn't get a whole lot of action on Sunday, which was kind of interesting to me, or Saturday, I should say, rather than uh, than I would have expected. Yeah, for sure. It'll be very interesting to see what they do, you know, whether they're going to solve that issue through the draft or through free agency again. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I think Michael Crabtree is a little too rich for his production so far. So Agreed. might uh, might see the Ravens move a different direction there. But, you know, he has made other big catches throughout the rest of the season. You know, obviously he had some tough games with some drops. So 
it'll be interesting to see what they do there for sure. I think they like having a veteran as their number one and, you know, haven't really proved the ability to develop a, a number one wide receiver through the draft. So maybe he kind of sticks around by default. Another concern that I had, you know, despite that ball control that you mentioned and extending the lead in the second half, only 21 rushing yards in the second half before that last drive. Is that something to be concerned about? Or is that the Chargers just playing, being a good defense, playing well and honing in in our run game? I, I think it's, I think it's more the latter. I think, I think when you look at the, this, this game, I mean, this was, as, as you said, this is by far the best defense. I think the Ravens have played all year, certainly the best defense since the Lamar era, for lack of a better description, has begun. I mean, let's look at let's look at the the number of plays, you know, in the second half. You know, after it let's take it from after the touchdown. You know, seven plays, only thirty yards. Three plays, four yards. Three plays, zero yards. Three plays, four yards. You know, so I think it really just comes down to how well the Chargers were playing. I mean, they there's a reason why the Chargers are able or have been able to come back and beat really good teams at the end of the game. They have a heck of a defense and they have a good def- a good closing defense. And I think, you know, if if the Ravens defense hadn't been just that much better than the Chargers, I think this easily could have gone another way. I mean, you look at you look at, you know, I mean, we'll get to the defense in a minute, but you look at the way the the game ended between the fumble return for the touchdown and the interception, you know, those that's the Ravens defense sealing the deal. You know, those those things that we've been waiting for all season to see that defense really, you know, take charge and win games. And I think I think that's really where it where the game was changed beyond Lamar's touchdown to Anders. You know, I think it, it just comes down to the fact that the Ravens defense was just slightly better than the Chargers defense. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And and the reason why it might not be that concerning is, you know, if we kind of look forward and and into the playoffs and, and assuming that the Ravens make the playoffs, there aren't the, too many scary defenses in the in the AFC, at least. You know, the, the ones that are at the top of the list are Tennessee. We saw them already. L.A., the Chargers. We saw them already. And uh, Pittsburgh, and we've seen them twice already. So and they might not even make the playoffs, right? And Pittsburgh might not be there. So I mean, you know, not too much to be scared of. As, as you know, if we look forward to Week Seventeen with the Browns, you know, young, good defense, but they still give up a ton of yards. And in, in, as we look into the AFC playoff picture, the Ravens by far have the best defense out of that group too. So. You know, I think it was, like you said, more so a case of just the Chargers playing really well at home. And if the Ravens have everything go their way, they might get at least one home game here. So there, there's a couple ways it could shake out for us. So I, not too much concern on that in, this, in, in the upcoming weeks for the Ravens, but just something to keep an eye on as, as, as the Chargers clearly just stacked the box and honed in on that run game. And they played really well on, on the defensive side of the ball, too. Without a doubt, I mean, and and we can we can kind of probably slide over to the defense as as we transition here. But I mean, as you said, looking at the rest of the teams that the Ravens could be facing in the playoffs, and 
we, you know, the Ravens may even get a home playoff game, which is crazy to think at this mm-hmm. point, the way things will shake are shaken out. I mean, they're con- currently the division leaders now. Um, so yeah, there really aren't, I mean, look, I never want to play the Patriots, you know, playing, playing Mahomes and the chiefs is not something I really want to have happen again, but nobody wants to play the Ravens. I can tell you that right now. Nobody, Absolutely. no one out there wants to play this running game. And that's going to be, that could make things very interesting. I mean, the thing that keeps, you know, that, that keeps jumping in my mind is, you know, that game against the Patriots in Foxborough in the playoffs when Ray Rice, you know, started the game with whatever that incredibly mm-hmm. long run was for a touchdown 80 yard run, or, you know, I forget what it was off the top of my head, but that's kind of how I see things going. Just, you know, the, the the Ravens is coming in and running roughshod over people. Now that doesn't mean they're going to make the playoffs, but I think they have the real possibility if they continue to play as they're playing right now to to make a deep playoff run. Yeah, no pun intended on the run, but you know yes. it, it's I, it it certainly is possible. And you know, let's talk about this defense. I mean, forced three turnovers against the Chargers. You know, Chargers do have turnover problems, but you know, we predicted it last week on the show that they're going to kind of beat themselves. And that tone was set immediately on the first offensive play of the game. Brandon Carr goes back and makes a terrific play on the ball uh, for, for the interception to start the game. And that kind of set the tone me like, look, if you want to take a deep shot, it's not going to work. If you want to run the ball, look, it's not going to work. You know, the only points, the, the only touchdown the Chargers scored was off of a turnover by the Ravens and pretty much gave them the ball on, on positive yardage. So look, the defense completely dominated at every single level of this game. There wasn't really a position in which the Ravens were overmatched. I mean, if you look along the defensive line and, and kind of the outside linebackers, Zadarius Smith was terrific. He had a huge sack beast. on Rivers. Just a beast. Oh, yeah. And Just the fourth quarter sack was, was unbelievable. Pushed him out of field goal range, which would have, you know, been a very interesting decision for the Chargers if they were going to go for it on fourth down. But that sack mm-hmm. kind of just forced him into the punt. And from that point on, it was like, all right, well, I mean, the Ravens got this. I mean, we're going to hang on to the ball and then end up forcing another turnover. If you look at the next level at the linebackers, Peanut Onwaso, you know, Southern California guy, was lights out. He was all over the place. He had his best game that I've probably ever seen him play. You know, he had nine total tackles, two sacks, the huge forced fumble at the end of the game. He was terrific. And then the aforementioned Brandon Carr or Tony Jefferson, who I thought played really well, or even Marlon Humphrey, who I thought played really well. I mean, we're, we were just better than them at every level uh, on defense. Yeah. I mean, there's no better way to say it. I mean, we started start the game with the Carr interception, essentially finish the game with the Humphrey interception. I mean, you know, anytime you're holding Phillip Rivers to 181 yards, two interceptions, sack him four times, terrible quarterback rating. I mean, when you look at quarterback rating, not that I'm a quarterback rating guy or, or anything, but you look at the RTG stat, I don't I don't know exactly whatever that rating is exactly on on, you know, ESPN's box score and you look at Lamar Jackson basically doubling Phillip Rivers, you know, hey, I'm not going to explain the quarterback rating to anybody. I think that's crazy algebra, but I'm happy to see it, you know. I mean, Lamar Jackson, anytime 
that a Lamar Jackson can outperform Philip Rivers, that's not Lamar Jackson. That's our defense. Because <laughs> Philip Rivers, as we said last week, is a Hall of Fame level quarterback. And to do what this defense did to him all game long, harassing him all game long, I don't think he ever truly looked comfortable. Um, it was impressive to see, fun to watch, and hopefully it's only more good things to come for this Ravens defense as the season moves forward. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the leading receiver in the Chargers attack was their backup running back, you know, on a bunch of check down stuff. Melvin Gordon made an, made his return from his injury, 12 carries for 41 yards, so he was pretty much bottled up. Look, there, there was no point in which the defense could, you know, completely ignore the run and say like, okay, the, the, the Chargers are going to just drop back and pass it. They had to be prepared for everything at almost every point in the game, probably until the very end. And they were just ready to go at, at all times for, for any possible play. I mean, they were all over all the check down stuff. It, I mean, look, it was terrific. They, they have been playing so well. I mean, they've been on our bulletin board for probably the past several weeks, you know, looking at some of the offenses that we were going and they have been up to the challenge. You know, they have been at playing at an unreal level. And, you know, if they can keep that going and, and through week 17 and potentially into the playoffs, like you said, I mean, as much as nobody wants to face that rushing attack with Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards and Kenneth Dixon now, nobody wants to see this defense either. No, I mean, it, it's always about getting hot at the right time. I mean, as as I've said week after week, these these last few weeks as the season's progressed, you know, when the Ravens have had those good seasons, certain boxes get ticked. And, you know, hot defense, hot offense, hot special teams – we're starting to see that, and it it, it it could bode very well for the for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I think you know some of the things that are that are falling into place for the defense now are getting to the quarterback and getting those sacks and yes. getting those turnovers. You know, those big plays are coming now after that little drought that we had in the middle of the season. You know, for the past several weeks, we're taking the ball away. We're we're getting to the quarterback. We're forcing bad decisions and. You know, that was that was bound to add up at some point. You know, special teams, you mentioned the two missed field goals by Justin Tucker, but come on, what, what are them, 56, yeah. 60, whatever? Okay, I mean... Yeah. Yeah, no no concern there. I mean, he just no pulled... No concern at all. Yeah, he just pulled the first one, plenty of leg, and just missed it. And then the second one was from 60. would have been the longest field goal in, in NFL history, so... Um, and he was dead on. He mm-hmm. was right down the middle. That would have, if he had just gotten a little wind behind them that might and that might have done it of course i'm not sure how great the wind is right now in southern california but you know the, yeah. <laughs> the that said if he had you know shoot if that had been in mile high you know that would have been through with 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 room to go yep you absolutely know, so. and then on 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 the return game uh cyrus jones much cleaner this time around had a nice 17 yard return for us but I think one of the things that was kind of concerning was the return at the end of the game, right before the Ravens forced that fumble. Sam Cook kind of outkicks the coverage, and uh, the the Ravens special teams give up a nice return, give the, yeah. give the ball back to the Chargers in pretty good field position uh, in crunch time. But I guess it was Desmond King was that yeah. his twenty four yard punt return? Yep. Yeah, that was yep. a little that was a little nerve wracking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But. You know, defense as always able to cover up the the mistakes by other by other phases of the game. 
So, I mean, look, that forced fumble was unbelievable. I mean, and I was yeah. like, oh, man, we're going to let Antonio Gates beat us. And then the ball pops out. And, you know, they took a really long time to make that call. I thought that it was... I thought it was going to be overturned. As much as I thought it looked like a fumble, mm-hmm. I was I was kind of sitting there on pins and needles figuring it was going to be overturned. I was shocked when it wasn't. Yeah, but I mean, in general, I thought it would be—I thought it would have been a logical move to just rule it a fumble, and then you have to review it anyway, right? So if you got it well, wrong, that's true. Yeah, whether whether it was a fumble or the score aspect yeah. of it, so, you know, both both reasons, you know, to to review the play. So that is true. Yep. Yeah, you mentioned it, Tavon Young, right place, right time. It seems like he's done that a few times this season. You know, just happened to be in the right place, uh, scoop and score for the long touchdown. You know, ice the game. Well, put it on ice, and then Marlon Humphrey kind of just pulled a plug on the Chargers in general. End of the game on that interception on the deep ball into the end zone. So he has been he has been playing very well in back to back weeks after a tough week in Kansas City. So glad to see him bounce back and. uh you know, look, all three phases of the game looking really good for the Ravens right now. And, I mean, I'm trying not to get it too excited because I know there is a difficult test uh, coming up in Week 17. But, look, all three phases of the game are playing well. And, you know, this Ravens team could could make a serious run here. So, you know, let's let's hand out our game ball. Holly, who are you thinking? We got to go peanut on Wasso, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I think I think he, defensive player of the week, I mean, I think we both can agree he, he has to get it this week. Yeah. Like I said before, nine total tackles, two sacks, and the huge forced fumble, so I gotta go with him too. I mean, it's got to be nice uh, playing in front of the, uh, the home crowd there. You know, he's a Southern California guy, like I mentioned, so maybe he had a little extra motivation as well. But, um, yeah, he, he had a terrific game. What about your pop of the week? Yeah, for me, I, I got to go with the Zadarius Smith sack. I mean, it was just he just blew up uh, Rivers. That's got to be my pop of the week. Yeah, we had a lot of nominees this week, you know, whether it was Mark Andrews' stiff arm or that Zadarius Smith sack that you mentioned. But I'm going to go with Tony Jefferson coming up from his safety spot to absolutely crunch Mike Williams on an end around. I mean, it was a big hit. Everybody on the field it was knew. Huge. It. Oh my goodness, that was huge. awesome. And of course, the other one we can go with was the peanut punch to force the ball out. So, pop of the week that we're going to go with are Tony Jefferson and Zadarius Smith. So now, I guess let's look forward to Week 17 as the Cleveland Browns come to town. Hey, look, we have said it all year. This is not the Cleveland Browns of old. They have a lot of talented players on both sides of the ball. What are some of the things you're looking for in Week 17? As you know, the Ravens maybe not a must-win, but really want to win this game. I, I'll actually go a step above that. This is a must-win. You know, the Ravens want to control their destiny. They want to exercise the demons of last season against the Bengals. To do that, you have to finish strong against the Browns, shore up the division, get a home game. And, or at least possibly get a home game. You know, that that needs to happen. They need to win the division. And don't leave it up to chance. This is a must win. And you got to be careful because, like you said, these, these are not your typical Cleveland Browns. We've got to worry a lot about that quarterback that, that makes plays. I mean, Baker Mayfield has been a heck of a pick for the Browns and good for the Cleveland fans. Because as much as I like to say, if it's Brown flushed down, you know, they certainly deserve 
some good things. Um, and, you know, certainly not against the Ravens, hopefully, but, you know, they, they deserve at least some joy in their lives occasionally. And it, it's, it's nice to see that they at least have a quarterback moving forward, barring, barring any health issues, you know, so he's really the key. I mean, obviously you, you got to worry about the defense too, but, but to me, the key is stopping Baker Mayfield. I think the Browns have had enough success for one season. I mean, look, it's nice for them to bounce back, but, you know, they beat the Ravens earlier this year. I think the Ravens have a lot to prove on Sunday. You know, you got to come out and beat a division opponent at home to give yourself a home playoff game. Just like we were saying last week, you know, we think the Ravens are going to win because they kind of have to win. I think that's the case here, too. I mean, we can get into the playoffs with, you know, a bunch of tiebreakers and things like that with a loss. But get a home playoff game, get in front of that M&T Bank crowd. You got to win this game. Get that four seed. I think the Ravens, if there are, you know, some crazy, crazy situations happen, we can bump all the way up to a two seed, I believe. So, look, make it easy on yourself. Just win this game. And you're in. And like you said, yeah. Baker Mayfield is the key. I mean, you know, you, we had Jarvis Landry uh, throw a tremendous touchdown pass. But look, Baker Mayfield is the machine that makes that offense run. You know, everything kind of goes through him. Nick Chubb is a nice player in the backfield as well. But it all goes through Baker Mayfield. I think Mayfield on the road in front of a raucous Baltimore crowd is the place that you want to have this game right now. I mean, I think I think we can make him struggle a little bit, have a few rookie moments just like the Houston Texans did with with several forced turnovers. Um, but look, this defense is playing well right now. If they can do what they did against the Chargers and limit the run and, you know, be like white on rice on those on those wide receivers, it's going to be a long day for Mayfield in that offense. Agreed. I, you know, the only thing I worry about, you know, you think about I think, and, and, and I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'm pretty sure the last time that Mayfield and Lamar Jackson played each other, there were some crazy fireworks in college. So, you know, Mayfield is one of those guys that I think he plays up to his competition. So now look, he's a rookie. So like you said, hopefully the Ravens can, you know, force him into some rookie mistakes, but he's a guy that can beat you. Mm-hmm. And he's he's the biggest worry, like you said, on that Browns defense. I mean, they have some nice players, you know, but you you get the Baker Mayfield, you get him on the on the turf, and he can't make any plays. So we, we need to get that pass rush and they need to contain him within the pocket. Yep. Absolutely. I completely agree. And if we look at that Browns defense, like we said, a lot of young, pretty good players over there. But look, I mean they're almost at the bottom of the league in, in yards allowed. They're kind of middle of the pack in points allowed. Look at the, I mean, this is the kind of defense that Lamar, Gus Edwards, Kenneth Dixon, and that running attack can take advantage of. So maybe let's let's talk about who's on our, who's on notice right now with some bulletin board material. Who are you thinking? For me, it's John Arbaugh. One thing we haven't mentioned, and he's been on the bulletin board quite a bit this year for us, but here we are. He apparently has, you know, been given the the green light that he is coming back next year. And I'll tell you what, nothing can change quicker than losing to the Browns and not making the playoffs that last game after you you have a chance to potentially be the two seed. If if, you know, 
the worst thing happens and let's say the Ravens lose and then not make the playoffs. How can you keep John Harbaugh, especially after that announcement? So he's, he's got to be on notice for me. He's on the bulletin board. Yeah. You wonder if that leaking was, was a little premature. I mean, I, I don't know. It just seemed like kind of curious timing to me on that announcement, but yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, running into all these must win games back to back to back, look, you still got to win this one. You know, there's there's nothing that changes about that. So I completely agree with you. I am going to stick with the coaching staff, but I'm going to do anybody directly involved with the running game. So that's going to go from Marty Morningweg on down, you know, the offensive line, the tight ends. You know, we mentioned that we're not too concerned about that 21 rushing yards in the second half. But look, we got to get it going again. I mean, you know, we had the fewest rushing yards that since Lamar became the quarterback last week. This is this is the main cog in the offense is that rushing attack. We got to get it going again. I think that if we are able to establish that, then, you know, you put even more pressure on Baker Mayfield to make some big plays very quickly. And that's when he might be able to make some mistakes. So I think if we get that running game established early, then we will be in pretty good shape. So let's get to our predictions. What do you think is going to happen on Sunday after this game was flexed to 425. You know, I, I, I think it's going to be closer than we want. I think the Browns are going to stick around. I think it's going to be close to the half, maybe even tied 14-14, say, at the half. But I think in the second half, I think the Ravens running game will finally wear down the, the, the Cleveland Browns. And I think Ravens win 31-14. Okay. All right. I think the Ravens dominate from the start. I think we get the running game established very early on. I think the defense balls out again. You know, at all three levels again got to play well. I think they really will. I've got I got the Ravens thirty-one to ten. You know, similar score to yours, but I think we'll be in control from the very beginning. So we both got Ravens wins, and that means at least a four seed for the Ravens. You know, I don't pretend to know all the tiebreaker scenarios. But the Ravens could get up to a two seed. I think with a win, they were at least at the four now that they've taken the division lead away from the Steelers. So thank you to the Saints for that. You know, the Ravens finally get some help from outside. Look, got to win this game and we can keep doing this podcast weekly so we can talk about some of the playoff games. But, uh, you know, really looking forward to this matchup. I, I think it'll be a lot of fun. You know, Lamar at home is always fun. And that, that crowd in M&T Bank should be rocking. It better be. They need the, the fans that show up. They need to get loud. They need to disrupt that Browns offense and make sure Ravens can get home with a win, or not yeah. get home with it, but get get on with it and get a win. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. So, you want to go ahead and sign us off? All right, everybody. Well, belated Merry Christmas to everyone, and hopefully, we have an extra special New Year's next week. Thanks for listening to the Crab Cakes and Football. Go Ravens. Go Ravens.